welcome to Gathering 262. I'm Daniel Taylor, and we're here today with Cassie Hulse. Whoa. She's on the interviewing <laughs> interviewee side this time, so <laughs> we're happy for her to be here and to this time get to share her experiences with us. Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for doing this podcast, Cassie. I think thanks. it's an awesome project. Um, I've enjoyed listening to the other episodes. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really creative and unique way to um, engage with your calling. Thank and you. And the ward. Thanks. Um, Appreciate that. So yeah, let's just uh, have you start off telling us about Cassie. Okay. So... I am the oldest in my family. I come from a blended family. Um, so technically all of my siblings are half siblings. Um, there are six of them. Um, but I grew up with three and um, my mom and my stepdad raised me. And I grew up in Oregon, although my family moved a lot between like Idaho and Oregon, um, I went to like 10 or 12 different schools from kindergarten to eighth grade. Um, but all the same place in one high school. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, moved around a lot and I eventually, I went to BYU Idaho and then after that, I served a mission and went to Lima, Peru, and then transferred to BYU after my mission, studied linguistics, and I really love it, love linguistics, although um, I don't really use it a lot. <laughs> um, I am just got a new job working full-time at a place called Turn Community Services. It's um, like a community program for people with disabilities to uh, find good, meaningful employment. So it's been really awesome. I really love it. So, yeah, I've been doing that full-time, and um, I have a cat. Nice. His name is Sam. He's a rescue, and um, I live with my roommate who has a dog, and so they coexist peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. Yeah. So that's a bit about me. So you said the your siblings are all half-siblings, so then are all of them with your mom and your stepdad? Yeah, so my parents got divorced when I was um, less than a year old. And my mom remarried when right before I turned three. So my stepdad raised me, and I consider him my dad. And um, so they had three kids. And... Um, when I was 16, I was sealed and adopted to my stepdad, and it was super awesome and all very exciting. Um, and then my biological father, he um, remarried a few times, and um, then had three kids 
with a really wonderful woman who passed away, actually. And um, so, yeah, that has that's been a journey. I reconnected with my bio dad and my those half siblings from from his side um, when I was. It wasn't that long ago. It was it was right before my mission. Um, when I was about 21, before that, I hadn't seen him. I saw him when I was like seven and then went all that time without ever seeing him. Um, and so that's been like pretty interesting navigating that. Um, I definitely like, it's been such a huge blessing getting to know my siblings um, it's, I mean, just imagine like, you know, knowing that you have an older sister out there somewhere, but never having met her. Mm. And, um, so that's kind of what, that's what my siblings experienced. And, um, so finally, like coming into the picture, it was like, it's been really good. It's, it's all been like really really positive and those my siblings are just like a huge blessing in my life I love all of them so much and it is kind of weird being like the only child from my mom and dad um so growing up I felt like kind of not isolated but like just kind of like the black sheep you know, um, I like was always treated as, you know, just one of the kids. And it's not that I was like treated poorly. Like my parents loved me so much and they were always so good. Um, but just, you know, just like knowing that like, oh, I have a different last name from everyone in my family, <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah kind of weird so but eventually um like getting my name changed when I was 16 and getting adopted like that was like one of the most like incredible experiences and it's kind of weird, like, ever since I was a kid, I would always pray for that to happen, or, like, when someone would ask, like, what, like, if you had one wish, what would your wish be, and it would be to be sealed to my family, and now that that's happened, it's been, like, all these years later, and I'm still, like, I don't know what my new wish is. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, like, a similar thing, like, yeah, I guess I want to be, like, have my own future family, but... Yeah, anyways, it's just kind of, I don't know. That was just like a little side story tidbit, anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's, a, it's an, that's an interesting position to be in, you know, that it's like you have some half-siblings who all have the same parents and then others yeah. that all have the same parents and then you're kind of in between them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is totally how I felt. Yeah. yeah. Like I've even done, so I'm like a huge, um, I'm a strong mental health advocate. And so I'm like all about like 
like, yes, like everyone should go to therapy sometime. <laughs> like yeah. everyone has something that they can work on and heal from um, just because of being born on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the like exercises that I did in therapy um, not that long ago was like art therapy and drawing how I felt I was represented in my family. And it was like, I had these like two families that were like separate from each other. And then I was just like by myself in the middle and, Oh, it's so sad. But anyways, it's fine. I go to therapy, (laughs) but, um, it's a lonely place to be. And I think that that actually is one of the things that has, like, really drawn me to God was because I also grew up inactive. Um, My, we just, yeah, my parents, you know, with moving around a lot and stuff, it just, I don't know, church just wasn't always a priority. And so, like, getting into high school and, or into young women's even before high school. Um, and like finding a place where I felt like I fully belonged was like so powerful knowing that God didn't care what my last name was. Like he knew me and, um, and I was his fully. Like, not just, like, my identity didn't have to be split in half Mm -hmm. with God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an awesome thought. Yeah, it is. I've never thought of that before until just now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have more contact with your biological dad now? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so he just lives right up in um, Bountiful. And... So that's been really interesting living in such close proximity with him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I um, I mostly have an, a relationship with my siblings though. Um, I've found that was like a weird thing navigating like all of a sudden having another dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first met him, I was like just super caught up in like just the excitement of being reconnected with my my flesh and blood father, you know? And um so I was like, I wanna call you dad and you know, just like all super excited. And then yeah our our relationship has definitely been a lot more complicated than um, I anticipated it would be. And so um, it's kind of turned into like a, you know, like, you're, you know, our relationship is best at a distance. Um, And I am happy to interact with you when I need to visit my siblings. So it's definitely, it's like, it's so much more complicated, you know, then and I think that's again that's another thing that's like my earthly my earthly fathers are so imperfect you know just like any other person and 
knowing that like God, like he can be my father. He is my father and he is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about your, your family. I think there was some good insights there. Um, I'm curious now to, to know a little bit about a little bit more maybe about um, how you deal with um, struggles and your life because I know you've, you've mentioned going to therapy and relying on God and those things are both both really good um, so I'm curious to know a little bit more about that just like when when Cassie has a personal struggle or something that burdens you or challenges your faith what do you do what do you think how do you act that's a great question um so i i have always had a very solid testimony in the power of reading the book of mormon and the, the power that the Book of Mormon has to bring me closer to Christ. Um, so when I, so personal story time, well, obviously this whole podcast is a personal story time. <laughs> okay, anyways, I'm just getting a little more personal here. Um, so I, I struggled with um, pornography. Uh, when I was about 11 years old, that's when I first came across internet pornography. And um, it was like something that was um, like really scary, um, but also like really intriguing. And I didn't understand what I was seeing. and um, But I just knew that it like made me like, feel excited and um so I you know like kept going back to it and um eventually it became like a compulsive habit and um so I just I struggled silently for years um never told a single soul and um until I was like 19, I told my YSA bishop. And, um, but, but that whole, that whole time of almost 10 years of like struggling alone, um, the thing that saved my life was reading the Book of Mormon every day. Um, and, I don't want people to misunderstand me. The Book of Mormon didn't save me. Jesus Christ saved me. But it was through reading the Book of Mormon that I I heard and felt his love for me and God's love for me. And um, it, it kind of, it, it helped to keep me above the, the shame that I felt. And the shame was just suffocating and um because as a girl growing up you I mean so I've um 
you know, going to Young Women's, um, they would always say, like, you know, like, they talked about pornography in the context of something like, never marry someone who struggles with pornography. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to get married. No one can ever marry me. Or, wow, my future husband can never know, right? Or they say something like, um, now we're going to talk about pornography, but we know that, like, none of you girls struggle with this. We just need to talk about it. And so, again, I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, like, I am a freak. I, like, no one else struggles with this. I am totally alone in this, right? And um, so, like, thinking, like, oh, this is you know, there's something wrong with me. I have a guy's problem, like just totally just so isolating and just so caught up in shame. And, um, and then when I got older and, um, after serving my mission, actually, um, I felt inspired to, write a blog post about my struggles with it. And um, so something that I thought I would take to my grave, I posted on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I started getting back all of these messages from women being like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. And um, so ever since then, I've been majorly involved in advocacy for um, men and women healing from, um, any sexual compulsion, um, or addiction. And, um, it's been really awesome. Okay. So (laughs) to answer your question (laughs) after that long story, um, the way I find, um, you know, a way out of challenges or a way over my challenges, right? Or through my challenges anyway, um, is by reaching out, reaching out for help. Um, because I just, uh, I really hope that this picks up the music in the background. If we can hear it, the, the phones can't even hear <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> just like, testify okay (laughs) (laughs) um pain is pain shame um you know struggle it all thrives in darkness and secrecy and so even if it's something as simple as like man i'm just really struggling knowing like feeling god's love like does God love me? Does he know who I am? Take it to him, you know, and also take it to the people around you who you trust. Um, reach out and let them know like, yeah, I'm just really struggling to feel God's love or I'm really struggling with where I'm at in life. I feel like all of my friends are getting married or having awesome jobs and I'm not or you know just like whatever challenge you feel like you're in I I feel like the answer is to go to God bring it to him and 
then bring it to the people around you who you trust. Yeah, I loved what you said about um, shame and all of that, like thriving in, in darkness. And um, so yeah, if I could just give like a, like a personal, like I don't know what you call pitch to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to anybody listening, like if there's anything that, that you struggle with, be it pornography or anything else, like just tell somebody, you know, um, the, the biggest mistake you can make is not telling anybody. And that might sound weird to say, right? Cause you might think, well, you know, like breaking my temple covenant, that's the biggest mistake I could make. And it's like, but, but that, that mistake happens early, right? And it has a root and the, and the root is not telling anybody because as soon as you tell somebody, you will feel good because you overcame the shame, right? Yeah. Because it's that shame um, and fear that keeps you from, from saying it. So as soon as you tell somebody, like, I promise you, you will feel like a weight off of your shoulders and you'll... Maybe you'll be distraught and cry because uh, you feel bad, but... Once that passes, you'll feel relieved, yeah. relieved for having told somebody. So, like, if there's something that you've carried with you that you're not telling anybody, like, just have, like, choose right now to stop that because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not going to get better until you tell somebody. You can't do it on your own. Um, we're not meant to do it on our own. Yeah. So. One of my favorite analogies to use is... Um, just well not even an analogy but um the story of adam and eve when they partook of the fruit and satan tempted them to hide and they hid and um they they were probably feeling like a lot of fear and shame of what what they had done and you know they're like what's going to happen like um maybe we can just delay this and um just hide from God hide our shame from him and God you know he knew he knew what had happened and where they were but he gave them the chance to come forward and you know he asked like where art thou and um, they walked into his presence and um, it wasn't until they chose to step into his light that he was able to say, like, yeah, there's a consequence for this, but don't worry because I've provided a savior for you. And it, the same goes for us. Like, we cannot... <laughs> we cannot... Um, <laughs> Sorry, geez, I lost my train of thought now. Um, it's like you said, like we cannot do anything on our own, like, and, and we're not meant to. We are given a savior for a reason, and we can we. The only way to access his power and his redemption and his strength is by 
walking into his presence and stepping into the light. And so anything you can do to shed light on the darkness that is that, that you are caught up in, that is more power for you. Um, so we, we've, you know, already given the, the spiel of tell somebody, <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop carrying it on your own and trying to overcome it on your own. Um, so let's say, Cassie, somebody comes to you and they've decided to tell somebody whatever it is they, that they have to tell and they've chosen you as the person they're going to talk to. Um, how do you react, you know, in that yeah. situation? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, so for me, the way that when, when people have told me that, I... And being on the receiving end or on the opposite end of, you know, telling someone, I just want to know that I'm still loved, that I, that things hasn't, things haven't changed. Like, um, one of my biggest fears, at least, was that people would look at me differently and, um, you know, that they would think less of me or, you know, that it would somehow like change our relationship. And, um, and so if just, if someone tells you like, Hey, like I've been struggling with pornography or, or even anything else, like I've been struggling with keeping the word of wisdom. I've been struggling with alcoholism or just like whatever it is. Um, not to compare the two, but anyways, just as an example, um, if the first thing that you could tell them is, hey, thank you so much for telling me. Like, I want you to know that, like, I love you and, um, like, I, I admire you for having the courage to tell me and tell someone. Like, that is huge. That, you will build so much, um, that's that's just a way to just empower that person and to strengthen your relationship with that person and um, to help them to continue into recovery. Because, you know, if if you have a more more of a reactive comment of like, like, what you you struggle with that? Like, uh, what's your problem? <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, that just like, they're like, oh my gosh, I am never telling another soul again. Like, I'm just going to keep on hiding and addiction thrives in secrecy. And so, um, yeah, like definitely don't be afraid if someone comes to you wanting to talk about that and just always turn to love. When all else fails, just express love for that person. You don't have to solve their problem. They're not going to you usually to solve their problem. They just want to know that they have someone on their side and someone on their team. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like go to Cassie if <laughs> anybody listening. <laughs> yeah, come to me. Anybody listening to this that thinks, you know what, I, sh I should tell somebody. So 
Cassie's a good option. Yeah, no, for real, though. For real. I Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I, I would love to put that out there. Like, if there's, well, I don't want to say if, because the statistics tell us it that is. there are a lot <laughs> of men and women in our ward who are currently struggling. And so if you are one of those people and you want someone to talk to, please come talk to me. And I, I would also... So I'm, I'm probably more scary to try to approach than, than Cassie, <laughs> but um, I agree with what she just said. So, <laughs> And in um, reality, Daniel is very easy to talk to, so you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I would also add, um, if it's whatever, if you choose to talk to Bishop Lewis or if, if the nature of what you have going on necessitates talking to Bishop Lewis, I would say that uh, don't be afraid of that. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he's he's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've gone in and, and talked with him, um, and it was very much an experience like what Cassie was describing. It wasn't a, mm-hmm. uh, it was a, a loving response. Yeah. So yeah. don't don't be afraid to go talk to Bishop Lewis if you need to. Yeah, he's great. Um. Awesome. Yeah, I think that was a great great answer. Uh, kind of to, to wrap up then, um, just a final question would be, what do you want your posterity to, to know? What do they want when your posterity remembers mom or grandma or great grandma, you know, what is it that you want them to know? I, there's so much that I want them to know. But first and foremost, I want them to know that they are loved immeasurably um, by me, but mostly by God. Um, I say mostly because God has a perfect love. Um, and I, I would want them to know that they have an army behind them of people on both sides of the veil who love them. And um, I hope that what I have left behind in my legacy is for them to know that, you know, Grandma Cassie or whoever, well, that's weird, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that she loved God. And that she loved people and that she, that she spent her life expressing God's love and that I'm definitely not at all perfect at that, but that's something that I really hope that I can continue to develop and that becomes a part of my legacy and just that you know, knowing that, um, you know, I, I want my children and my posterity to know that they are completely loved exactly as they are. And that if they turn to God, God will make them into, that God will make their lives into something that they cannot even imagine that is full of goodness and light. I learned that one of the Hebraic meanings of the word Israel is 
let God prevail. Thus the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. With the Hebraic definition of Israel in mind, the gathering of Israel takes on added meaning. The Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. The Lord is gathering those who will choose to let God be the most important influence in their lives. For centuries, prophets have foretold this gathering, and it is happening right now.